Okay. So in, in the book, I have this whole thing that I talk about, which is basically like, I go to my therapist and he's like explaining like, um, basically his perception of the difference between ideas and ideologies. And so he was saying that ideas, they're tools that you can use in your life that'll change as your truth and your experience changes. Ideologies are different because ideologies, you have to force everything in your reality into the frame of. Otherwise, you will lose control over that ideology and that part of your life. Because, it, you know, an idea is one thing, an ideology is something else. But if your ideology becomes a part of your identity, then to change your mind literally means a part of you has to die. Mm. And that's fucking terrifying for people. So that's why people hold on to their ideologies because they're holding on to their identity, you know? 100%. And artists kind of, I mean, this is a much lesser version of this, but artists create from their truth and their art becomes their ideology and their identity. And that's how they get validation. And so they hold on to this image of themselves, but you're going to change so much throughout your life. I mean, you have to remember to re-choose the life that you want to live every single day. You know, it's not that you have to make a different choice. It's that you have to remember that it is still your choice. Like nothing you're doing is a fucking obligation. It's not. It's literally not. It's something you're still choosing to know. You might have responsibilities around things, but nothing that you have to do in your life, you have to do. You're choosing to do it. And you could make a different choice or you can make the same choice, but you have to remember you have a choice because if you remember you have a choice, then you have freedom. You don't feel like a prisoner of your own life. So, you know, I could wake up tomorrow and decide I don't want to be a poet anymore. And I like having that freedom because then when I choose to write a poem, I'm fully choosing to write a poem. And uh, I would suggest that people uh, create from the things that inspire them, but also be open to their life changing and see where the flow of life takes them because it might be better than they ever could have imagined. Yeah, I feel like some of the biggest creative blocks can come from feeling like a part of your life is an obligation. It doesn't have to be the thing, but I'm just thinking about people who have, say, you know, a a corporate job that they hate, but they want to do this creative thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just any part of their life that feels out of alignment could be sabotaging or really strangling the life out of that creative force. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of blame put on put on that thing that you feel you are obligated to. But I just love this point of like, everything is a choice. And it sounds really simple, but it's just such a powerful reminder yeah. that we can make the choice. Yeah. And I, look, I'm still learning that various degrees of success and failure yeah. every single day. But, you know, but that was a really powerful insight for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's something I still apply on a, on a moment to moment basis. When it comes to your process, I'm curious, you know, do you, do you always feel in flow and connected and you can sit down at any moment or do you prepare in a certain special way? What does that look like? Okay. So preparing to create art for me, that's Mm -hmm. different for other people, but for me creates pressure. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to be in this certain, I'm going to travel to a cabin and then I'm going to create something. It's fucking exhausting. It's like, (laughs) what, why? Like, and then you get there and you're like, yeah. Oh, I have to do something great right now. Wow. That's really a lot. Yeah, I have to do something great right now. 
think about how much pressure that is. It's also like procrastinating. Yeah. And it's also pretentious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The damn. You know, it's it's all of those things, you know? So um, I don't want to sit down and, and, you know, people will say, oh, what's your favorite poem? And I'll say the next one for sure, because it's going to be the next thing will be the closest to creation. So it will be my favorite poem, but it doesn't have to be the best poem. Mm. You know, first of all, what does that mean? It's arbitrary. But secondly, I don't want to put that pressure on myself that this poem has to be viral or has to be anything like that. I, you know, otherwise I'd start looking around and I'd think, well, what issues are important to other people? Oh, I'll just do those. But that's not my voice. You know, I have to do the things that are important to me and trust that that will resonate with other people as well. So I don't want to like create a space for me to create. I want to be aware of when it is that I'm feeling sparked by life. I was talking to a friend the other day and I said, the birds aren't singing to win a Grammy. And I said, they're not trying to go platinum. And that was a, just in the conversation. And I said, oh, that's great. I'm going to write that down. You know, because that was obviously something that resonated with me. And I liked the way that it was said. And that's the beginning of a piece. You know, I don't need to go anywhere. I just need to be. Yeah, and be present. Love that. Yeah, so much of, of, of you is like presence, you know, is the ability to be present and to be present to the inspiration, to the feeling, to the thought, to to the situation that's happening or the conversation that you're grappling with. Like, is meditation been your biggest tool for that? It's been one of them. Absolutely. Meditation has been a game changer. Uh, there's a woman named Emily Fletcher. Uh, you know her? No, She's I know her. She's yep. really, really yeah. amazing. She has a book out right now on meditation and uh, her company Ziva Meditation. Hmm. And um, yeah, she uh, definitely came in and taught me the techniques. And then I've just made it a non-negotiable part of my life. And I actually use that word too. You know, language is so interesting because language is imaginary, but it's also really important to how we navigate the world, you know? So I used non-negotiable because I knew if it was negotiable, I would negotiate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so that's why I've been able to do it for the two times a day for over four years. And, uh, but also the body work that I've done has been a really big thing because, um, this woman named Rachel Putter in Los Angeles gone to for probably five years now. And she finds areas of, uh, emotion and energy that's been trapped and helps you release it and then teaches you how not to take it back on, on a day-to-day basis. So she's been fantastic. You know, all of the tools that everybody else is doing, moto yoga, I've gone to for many, many years. Uh, That's been a big thing. And then just always looking out and seeing if there are interesting healers. You know, a lot of us have access online or in person to amazing, amazing healers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.